Star Wars Escape Pod and our first after show episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Uh, this is in regards to Chapter 1, Stranger in a Strange Land, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by John Favreau, and just came out today as the premiere episode on Disney Plus. And uh, we got our co-host Blake returning this week to chat all about this and get into all the nitty-gritty about what happened in this episode and what we noticed and uh, things that uh, maybe we can make some connections to and make sense out of and speculate on upcoming episodes. So, let's get into it. landing we got another masterpiece theme song here by Ludwig uh, Ludwig Goranson is that his name he did the Mandalorian theme oh I didn't even know the name of the guys who made the Mandalorian theme yeah Ludwig he's uh, the composer on Black Panther as well as the Mandalorian and came up with those iconic themes oh man this was it was off-putting for me with the like the, the wording of lyrics and stuff. I was like, what? Right. Caught me off guard. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's... Yeah, as, as soon as I hear something like this, it just immediately makes me think of South Park. <laughs> you, know what, you know what it makes me think of is, uh, is uh, I don't know, some sort of some sort of kind of like a more deeper, darker take on uh, like a like a Christmas Carol kind of music, you know, like uh, yeah, 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 you know, like uh, that song. Uh, what's it called? Carol of the Bells. I think it's called Carol of the Bells. You can get some pretty like orchestrated opera versions of that song floating around, and you know, like that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But. Okay, yeah, the, the uh, Ding yeah. Fries Are Done song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty good theme, though. I mean, you know, I gotta say, it's it's not bad. It was not solid. Bad at all. It, it's gonna grow on me. Like the Mandalorian theme yeah. took a little bit to grow on me, but you know, now it's now it's great. I will I will actually disagree with that one. The Mandalorian theme to me had me right at the beginning. I thought it was. Oh just, really? It, yeah, it set it's it set the tone so well. Like at the end of the first episode when the credits started rolling and they played the the credit theme, I definitely was like, oh, I got chills. <laughs> Nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It took it took like maybe three episodes for me to kind of get into it, like the style, but it never deterred me. But it was like, you know, it just it was it was new to Star Wars for me. Right. And um, I don't know if it was Bryce or somebody else who kind of brought it up, but uh, maybe this was in regards to Bad Batch or something. I don't know. But at, at one point he did mention something about the TV show's music not always lining up as well as the films for him. So, yeah. yeah, I will but say yeah, that I'm good yeah. with it now, though. I'm good with it now. It's a good point to bring up, though, because I think Bad Batch, the music was kind of lacking. I can't really even remember anything. Like, yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering back to the music on that show as well. Because, like, Star know. Wars Rebels, it was so iconic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty out there. <laughs> You were definitely forced to remember it. <laughs> so this show uh, consists of uh, seven episodes. Of course, we got the first one today. And uh, we got, I guess, a consecutive release of them coming out every week on, I believe it's on a Wednesday until the end of the show, right? So uh, the run will end until, uh, it'll go until February 9th, which is when the last episode comes out. And uh, this is... In, in, in regards to the show itself, for those of, of, you know, for those of our listeners who may have not seen, 
any other show, uh, Mandalorian or or Rebels or Clone Wars or anything like that. Uh, this is basically what I would call Mandalorian season 2.5. You know, it's like it's a show that very much continues the story of Boba Fett after the Mandalorian season two, which is when he kind of first appears and uh, really also continues the story of the character that that more recently we did that big, huge, long what happened Boba Fett episode where we spent I think it was almost two hours talking about this character beginning to end and all the appearances he's made in the canon, all the comic books, the War of the Bounty Hunter series, all that stuff. Uh, so for anyone who wants to catch up on the story of Boba Fett, you can tune into that one. We did a couple weeks ago. So just scroll back and find that episode. But um, did you like what was your first impression of this episode? Because like, we start off with a much needed uh, piece of information that I think so far has been lacking a lot as far as, uh, you know, how he's come back. This character who fell into the Sarlacc pit. We got that answered right out of the gate. Yeah. And I will say that was answered faster and sooner than i thought it would have i thought that maybe would have like progressed maybe he would come across someone and they would ask him and he would like to retell the story sort of an idea but mm-hmm. it was no you're right it was like intro music they did the star wars thing with all the the different helmets and then boom straight into the what happened boba fett how we come he got to the point of the mandalorian yeah yeah and uh you know i i think it's it's also a. Um, uh, so I, I think I was saying this last time, but in the trailer when we were doing some speculating, I pointed out that his scar tissue has been significantly reduced yeah. in, the, in this show as opposed to his appearances in The Mandalorian. And now it makes, you know, it, it, it lines up with what I was thinking about this back to tank, you know, having healed a lot of the scar tissue. Because when they do the flashback scenes, which is a great majority of this episode is flashback scenes telling you the story of how he escaped the Sarlacc pit you know, how he had to run in with the Jawas who jacked all his armor off him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the Tusken Raiders that kidnapped him and the story there that happened. And, um, you know, in all those scenes, his scar tissue is very much more apparent and lines up with Mando quite a bit more. Yeah. And I almost wondered as well if it wasn't because it looked worse. His skin looked worse than it did in Mando. And yeah. I was wondering if it's not just the fact that it, he had the stomach acid on it, but maybe... Also, the fact that he was just horribly sunburned from being left out in the sun of Tatooine. Yeah, that too. Suns for days Honestly, and days yeah. and days and days. Totally, yeah. I never actually thought about it that way. But yeah, I mean, between digestive acids and, and, and you know, two suns, I mean. Yeah, not <laughs> yeah, good on was, the sun. No, yeah. Not I mean, on the skin. Uh, that's so true. That's, that's a like great Freddy point. Krueger. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great point because as, as as humid and as hot as it might be to wear hoods and robes and stuff in the desert, that's what a lot of the travelers do in, in Tatooine is they, they wear a lot of garbs on them to protect their skin from the sun, right? Because it's just so harsh. So I wonder if yeah. we finally saw what would happen to someone who was just left out in the desert with no protection. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's exactly what, what happens here, I guess. And, and it's never really disclosed as to how long he's been just lying there on the sand, right? Because... You know, one can only survive so long without food and water for X amount of days at a time. Yeah. But uh, I'm assuming he was out there for at least, you know, a day or two, you know, just just chilling there on the sand. I it was longer. The, it may have been longer. Yeah, it may have been longer. It, it looked like uh, he was. Do you mean before he got uh, the Tusken Raiders found him? When he him? gets out of the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Yeah. So when he gets out yeah. of the Sarlacc pit, I think it's like a day or so that goes by yeah. and he's just lying there. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I think that's right. And then all these things. Man, there's a lot of traffic on Tatooine for an empty barren wasteland. It is <laughs> yeah, it is, you know. Uh it's it's a quite an active, active place, all things considered. And and you know, for first of all, it's such a small little dust ball. I guess the planet's pretty small because in the Mandalorian, when they talk about all the different cities that exist, like the big cities. It's Moss Pelgo, Moss Espa, Moss Eisley. And then in this episode, we get our first glimpse at another city, which I don't believe. Did you catch the name of the city? Because I don't believe they even mentioned the name of this city in, in was this it, episode. Was it Anchorhead, was it? Oh, sorry. Anchorhead's another one. Yeah. Uh, Anchorhead is the city that, that – oh, it could have been actually. It could have been Anchorhead. Because I, I know the city we saw in this episode – it was like inside a giant crater. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Actually, thought Anchorhead was like that. 
But maybe that's I'm a wrong. Gr- that's a that's a great point actually because he did mention to the 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 Rodian who was also captive by the Tuscan Raiders that you know if he if he cut him loose they could have escaped through to Anchorhead, and and got a ship off world. But yeah, uh, but that's yeah, a that's, different time zone because it jumps between two different points of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a different time period, time point in time. Yeah, but uh, the city could have still been, you know, that city that we see could have been uh, could have been Anchorhead for sure. Have we ever seen Anchorhead? In any shows? No, I don't think we have, and and that's why I'm thinking it it could have been Anchorhead. Yeah. Okay, uh, I think possibly. that's where you go to in the first Kotor game, but that's not canon. Yeah, yeah. So so it definitely could have been Anchorhead. Um, yeah, that, that, that could have been interesting. I guess if it, maybe they'll confirm that in the future because it seems like whatever they set up in this episode with those businesses there and the attack that is yeah. kind of uh, brought on to Fennec and and Boba and the two Gamorians is 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 uh, is going to be a, a big part of like whatever the future episodes are kind of setting yeah. up right. So someone tried to attempt uh, an attack on on Boba's life in this episode and uh, and uh, you know the new leader of the the new crime lord kind of thing. They think they can take him down before he gets too powerful, and they ended up failing, of course. But uh, yeah, uh, this will be this will be an interesting thing. This episode they started mm-hmm. off with something really really cool. Like they started off the first shot ever was well him in the back of the tank, but I absolutely loved that they just showed a couple of snippets from his memory, just his life flashing before his eyes, and they start off with Camino. Yeah, that I was, was surprised like the, by one of the that. coolest things. I think I've I, I was not expecting that, and you know, they they blew me away. And they also did uh, a re-edited and uh, they they look it looked like they shot new footage for young Boba picking up his father's helmet. Unless they were outtakes of Attack of the Clones, they used the same shot or yeah. at least a very like duplicate shot. It looked. To- I thought it was the same. Was it a different angle? Because the the yeah, they use, they use multiple different angles, and like yeah. that that shot over the shoulder of Boba looking at the helmet into the visor that that mm-hmm. was never out of Attack of the Clones. That was brand new yeah. footage. Maybe it was, so it was only one shot in yeah. Attack of the Clones exists where he's picking up the helmet, and puts yeah. it to his head. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the only one that I think they reused, or they could have reshot it the exact same way. Just and then the double. other, yeah, the other three shots or whatever that kind of corresponded with that one in the sequence was brand new footage that'd be pretty neat i mean it was they, really cool yeah they would have access to any archival footage if it was outtakes um, right yeah but i wouldn't put it past favreau and filoni to do reshoots for that scene either yeah it's uh i mean it's definitely possible i mean man can you imagine dave filoni just being able to being able to reshoot sequences like that for attack of the clones to put them in this show like that would have been such a surreal experience that'd be pretty cool yeah yeah Uh, some people probably having some pretty horrible flashbacks i'm sure they worked (laughs) people at ilm just worked days and days on scenes for their original full 3d shots and stuff yeah 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 exactly (laughs) ptsd start kicking in (laughs) <laughs> yeah what what did you find about this episode yeah, i'm sure you got some thoughts on this i would say it's a pretty good starting point or a leaving point for the rest of the the, the series i don't think there's anything too crazy um i thought we get a little more into the other crime lords and stuff but they started out pretty small seems like everyone's already you know willing to uh, accept him moving into Jabba's position, except mm-hmm. for that one guy who calls himself the mayor. I don't know if he's actually a mayor or... Right. Yeah, so curious about that. I found it funny that he showed up and expected Boba to, like, give him tribute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. this this talk about the mayor uh, could be a big uh, lead-up to maybe a character that we've met before or... Uh, perhaps an antagonist of the show that because the show is only seven episodes. So, you know, whatever they did in this first episode is really kind of setting the mm-hmm. bar for what this show is going to be about. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if the entire show takes place on Tatooine. I'm totally OK with that. I really like Tatooine. I know for a, a barren wasteland that no one ever is supposed to go to. We spend a lot of time there. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> It's like it's like Jakku, but an actual like a more interesting place than Jakku. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that because there's just nothing there. Yeah, nothing on Jakku. Yeah. 
ruins, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good start. I'm, I'm pretty curious to see where it's going to go, kind of like how he's going to consolidate power. Uh, I th- Maybe it's because we, we read the book, so we already knew the Jawas took his armor, and the him escaping the Sarlacc pit was pretty much one for one for what happens with the books. Yeah, actually, you know, speaking of the Sarlacc pit, um, what are your thoughts on how he escaped the Sarlacc pit? So I was trying to remember if they killed the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi. Is no, in, the, in Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc is just kind of there, right? But the, at the ship end, blows at the up. End. Yeah, yeah, the ship blows okay. up uh, like like Jabba's sail barge, and then you know the rebels escape, kind of thing. Okay, so in this flashback, mm-hmm. Boba goes over the this dead stormtrooper that happens to be down there, takes his his oxygen. So, yeah. so he can kind of breathe and then he lights up his flamethrower and 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 then the next thing we see is he's digging his way out of the sand. Yeah. So, you know, it's like... Yeah, the reason why I brought that up though is in the background of that shot when he's coming out of the sand, the Sarlacc isn't moving. And so I was wondering if it was already dead or if he killed it. So I'm trying to remember, oh, was it wasn't in Return that. of the Jedi, which I couldn't think of a specific shot where that happened. No. Then yeah. I, maybe there was a, a novel where they killed it, or some reason I remember a Sarlacc being killed at some point. It could have been an expanded universe thing when Boba comes back. He may have mentioned that that he killed the Sarlacc pit, but it, it does look like they they canonized whatever, uh, what you know whatever they did in this episode with the flamethrower and everything. It looks like they did canonize, uh, yeah, the, the death of the Sarlacc, yeah. It's pretty cool on the inside. I think it looked pretty gross. The, the pit, the pit of Cancun, or whatever its official name is. But yeah, uh, yeah. What do you What do you think of the the inside of the Sarlacc, the set they did? I thought that was pretty gross looking. And, yeah, it and, was. And it was pretty. It's pretty neat though. Like I, I kind, I wanted to see something. I, it, it was exactly what I wanted to see. Um, I was surprised they showed that. To be honest, I thought they would just cut to him like crawling out. I guess the only alternative is the Sarlacc pit, kind of vomits him out yeah that's what i thought they were gonna do was that i guess in hindsight though seeing as how they did it i guess him being vomited out could have maybe come across a little goofy so like him bursting out of the sound with his arm you know it's like yeah it's kind of it's more of like a resurrection like portrayal right i don't know i kind of wish they did like a like uh, in Empire Strikes Back, where R2 gets spit out of that swamp monster. <laughs> Except it's Boba. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I guess they you know, could have done something like that or whatever, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it could have been it could have been a little goofy, right? Like however they did it. So They wanted to set the tone. Yeah, they wanted to set this more kind of like serious, darker tone. And, and uh, there was nothing goofy about this episode, really, at all. Uh, no, I mean he was enslaved. I thought it was yeah. kind of ridiculous that these Jawas find a passed out guy and they steal stuff and like beat him in the head. It's such a Jawa thing to do, though, right? Like, I mean, you know, they they they're tearing apart Din Djarin's ship as well on that off-world place. You know, while he's just yeah. parked his ship there, and he's and the next thing you know is he comes back with all his stuff and they're they're they've stripped his ship clean, right? So it's We're such lucky a Jawa thing to do. There was no Jawas on that. Pasana planet because when uh, Ray went to go find that dagger, it would be too late. It would strip clean. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's ship had been there for like a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like you know, Jawas are kind of like coyotes or whatever. You encounter one, it'll run away and and you know be a coward kind of thing. But if it's got a whole group of them, they can outnumber you. Like they'll they'll take you for anything you got. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty accurate. You know, yeah. So anything of value, they'll strip it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's funny how they didn't show them stripping the the Jabba's uh like his cantina barge behind him. They just yeah. took, they just took Boba's gear and then this left. <laughs> it would yeah, it would have been a little more interesting, I guess, if you saw some background Jawas tearing apart the ship. Yeah. That'd be cool. Been... Yeah, some like angled shots where you can see like more of the, the, the broken down barge. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Um it's a pretty minor gripe, though. It's a minor gripe. Yeah, I mean, this is a, supposed to be focused in on Boba Fett, so I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like this was this is such a fantastic way to kick off this this show, and um, uh, we had an appearance, of course, by uh, 
sorry, what's her name? Jennifer. Is it Jennifer Beals? Is that the lizard? Um, she played the uh, yes. Sorry, it's Jennifer Beals. Uh, she played the uh, the Twi'lek woman who owns the uh, the the cantina slash kind of pub at the uh, whatever city that was mm-hmm. yeah. that that he went to. Yeah, and uh, uh, Jennifer Beals is known for her role uh, in Flashdance as Alex. Uh, Flashdance is a very famous film. Uh, about you know a girl dancer and and all that so um she's uh she was in this episode she had no idea she was actually in star wars until she kind of got there and oh wow uh, okay yeah yeah but uh any, anyone who kind of <laughs> anyone who grew up in the 80s yeah. knows jennifer beals right like okay. it's uh she's kind of like uh like a ralph uh who's a karate kid you know ralph uh, Ma- Ma- uh i can never pronounce his last name uh, Machinato or something like that. Um, I know who you're talking about. I can't pronounce it either. It's Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of it's kind of like him, right? Like everyone knows who he is. who's seen the Karate Kid, but he's not in a lot of current stuff anymore. But he's like yeah. such a legendary kind of because everybody saw it back in the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Jennifer Beals is kind of like that, right? Like she's still in some like small time kind of things today, but you know she's a big name, but not necessarily one that you would see in like a Marvel movie, but you yeah. know, now she's, now she's in star Wars as, as, uh, this, uh, this woman who, who's, um, running, running her own business. Thing. Yeah. Very think, few times have we yeah. seen Twi'leks run a business. Yeah. It's very rare. Usually they're like essentially slaves or like working really just dancers or they're like owned dancers. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the rare occasion we find them to be, criminals or uh i guess there's hair as well so right pilots yeah yeah i think it's really funny though just to picture her showing up on set having no idea and then just like dave comes up and just gives her like a set of head tails to put on her head like yeah you gotta put this on (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like what (laughs) here you go yeah she doesn't find out she's in star wars yeah you know you you gotta wear these head tails Yeah, this is this is flash dance too, uh, but you gotta wear this. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been like very confused at that moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. Eight D eight, the uh, the smelter droid showed up in this first episode, who was uh, in Return of the Jedi and torturing the gonk droid down in the in the droid. Uh, dismantling bay that he has in Jabba's palace. This is Return of the Jedi I'm talking about. So he's got he a actually paint job. Uh yeah, he got a bit of a, a bit of a paint job and and um or did he get a paint job? I don't know. He, he was like white in this and yeah he was he was white in the other one too in Return oh, of the Jedi. He, I thought he was like a dark blacky color. Like, yeah he had some he had some white with like some red around the edges. I'll send you I'll send you a link to the, the photo here but uh yeah so he was the one torturing the the gong droid who's like no 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 yeah and then you know the heater kind of goes down on his feet oh so, yeah okay I was yeah just, so, I, I was thinking of the other guy who r2's talking to oh okay yeah i know there's do you one oh that, that guy yeah no that's a, that's a different one so uh so this guy 8d8 actually showed up and he was uh it looks like he was serving boba fed as as um uh what was he serving like a as a Kind of a translator, I guess. Sort of, but they made a point to say that they don't have a translator droid. Yeah, he so was there I, in the room, and yeah, so I, think, I don't know. Yeah, this guy was supposed to just introduce people, but he right, couldn't right. actually translate like a, anything. Like a butler droid, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess something like that. Yeah, and Boba Fett obviously had a very uh, bold statement in this episode, intending to rule res- with respect as opposed to ruling with fear like how Jabba did it so it's not really appropriate for Boba to have a torture droid anymore so it kind of makes sense that he would repurpose Jabba's old torture droid as a kind of entry man yeah <laughs> or, door, or doorman I guess right I find it funny that this droid gets excited and says how they're gonna he's offering to torture the Gamorreans for him yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was so good I was like that's such a good nod to his last career, right? Like, yeah. He's just been torturing people and droids for, for years for Jabba. And, you know, Boba comes along, repurposes him. He's like, here, just answer the door and introduce the people. And, 
Yeah, I guess he doesn't really know yeah. what to do with that. <laughs> Would you like me to torture the master? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's pretty sweet. Um, you know, I like this a lot. Uh, we got uh, the introduction to the Trandoshan uh, person. The I was surprised how easygoing the Trandoshans were. Yeah. They, yeah. I thought they would have been the, the hard ones to deal with, not this mayor guy. We know for sure that they're going to show up again because we've seen other shots of the uh, these Trandoshans in the trailers. Uh, and he pointed but, out that Boba used to work for him. So I wonder if that means Boba did several bounty hunting jobs for this group of, of uh, Trandoshans. I would imagine so, yeah, because, you know, because Boba did lend his services quite a lot to Jabba in the way that he almost resided at the, t- at the Jabba's palace quite a lot, right? So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a common, you know, there, we kind of discussed this actually in, in in the Boba Fett What Happened episode, but the relationship between him and Jabba is I think he just gravitated to Jabba for a lot of employment because he was a crime lord, right? So he's yeah. always got need for a bounty hunter and Boba and Fett lots was just of money. one of the, yeah, and Boba Fett was just one of the best, right? He's the most reliable source of income. So, um, you know, it makes sense that Boba Fett would always chill at Jabba's palace, but uh, you know, I don't think he ever directly. Yeah, he was. I don't think he ever exclusively just worked for one person or another person. Yeah. Uh, so it was an interesting little nod pointing out that. Yeah. Uh, Boba used to work for this Trandoshan, and now the Trandoshan's going to be under him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to point out that the guest that showed up, the the orange Twi'lek, who was representing the mayor of Mos Espa and surrounding plateaus, his name was Mok Shiaz, uh, or Mok, Mok Shays, I guess. And uh, that name is probably going to come up again in future episodes, as well as uh, this this elusive mayor who is quite busy and too busy to make his it- appearance in person. And most likely sent those assassins. Yeah, most likely sent those assassins. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the flashback sequence that we had with Boba and the Tusken Raider kid and the uh, the Rodian who met its unfortunate end at the hands of that crazy monster thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that gang is the same gang that we see as like the biker gang from the teasers. And uh, they painted that weird kind of double-sided j logo it's like a spear kind of thing yeah almost like an upside down spearhead yeah and and they painted that on the 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 house that they raided of the farmer the moisture farmer and uh they witnessed the whole thing and like you know i think they killed the guy and everything and they took off but it's probably likely that they're gonna play a bit of an antagonistic role in future episodes something that might threaten Boba's rising to this crime lord status, right? Maybe cool. Yeah, Boba's Boba, like, he doesn't have an army, right? Like he's no. got two Gamorrean guards. Yeah, <laughs> and Fennec, Fennec Shand. <laughs> originally was fighting them at the beginning. They just sw- switched allegiance, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, then, it'll be... Yeah, because he. Well, we'll see what happens. He'll probably be able to get some cronies to help him out down the line. Because he's going to have people recruited, right? We saw that with the, in the trailers, the table, right? Everyone right. around him, but yeah, it's, I think it'd be neat to see uh, him having to having to fight what would be the equivalent of, I guess, the Hell's Angels of Tatooine. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I also sons like of Anarchy to- in Star Wars. <laughs> the Sons of Anarchy in Star Wars. Yeah, the the Hell's Angels of of the the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, this particular creature, I'd also like to mention this this crazy kind of thing that pops up out of the sand. I had no idea what that is, and and I don't think Wikipedia does either because yeah, I can't seem to find a name for this six legged reptile thing. Right? It was strange. And when we first saw the claw, I immediately went to, oh, it's got to be a crate dragon. Right. Right. Yeah, the scaly looking skin and everything. Yeah. 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 Because the model, once it was revealed itself, it kind of looks like the old Grey Dragon before they changed it in Mandalorian. But yeah, a little bit. But then it had all those, all those, because a regular Kray Dragon, like like the the expanded universe Kray Dragon, 
had four looks, legs. Yeah, it, it, it just it looked like, like a, a big dinosaur. Yeah. yeah, it was like a big, big lizard. Yeah, it looked like a dinosaur. Um, but I will say and, though, like this this lizard thing to me, it felt Star Trekky. Yeah, it, it felt. It, it didn't really look like something that that lives on Tatooine. No, you know. And and I was kind of surprised when that thing popped out of the sand the way it did. I was like, first of all, I was like, what is that thing? And then secondly, I was like, you know, I, I've I've never seen anything like it. Like it's just yeah. it's just so new. And uh, you know, I'm still I'm still really not sure what to think of it. Of you know whether or not I like this or not. But agreed. Like it gave me flashbacks to the old Star Trek episode where Kirk has to fight that lizard and that rock planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what I did appreciate about the look of this monster is it it did look as if they may have even built a practical rake for this thing. I think they like, did, yeah. It looked very animatronic look, right? So if that was completely CG, bravo, you know, for pulling off such a, 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 pr- a practical look. You know, mm-hmm. to this thing, make it look like a puppet almost. Yeah, like very or, well uh, done. Yeah. And if it was real, that's a, that's you know such a great job again to the puppeteer department. Uh, but the actual design of the creature, I was I was like I, don't, I was just a little confused because it doesn't look like something that would bury itself in sand mm-hmm. and live under the sand, right? Like it's it like the Sarlacc, the new uh, sorry, the new um, Krayat dragon that they came up with, the new design makes so much more sense for mm-hmm. the skeleton that we see in a new hope with the big long uh yeah. spine thing like it makes sense that it's like a worm right right and you know and then they just made it huge but uh but yeah this thing i just i was like what what is that <laughs> it looks like something out of D. <laughs> yeah no that's pretty accurate yeah and i'm starting to wonder how many creatures actually live on tatooine because we were kind of you yeah. watch A New Hope, it seems like there's not supposed to be anything left alive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's – it's uh, here's the one kind of relatively interesting thing about this. You know, whether I like the design or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, but, it, you know, it, the fact that there is like other creatures other than the Krayat Dragon living on the sands of Tatooine makes the desert plains of Tatooine much more – rural and dangerous compared to what i used to think they were i thought it yeah. was just tusky raiders jawas mm-hmm. crayon dragons and sandstorms i thought that's all it was and yeah. now and, we and know the there's heat. other things out there. yeah and the heat yeah and now we know there's even more vicious things out there that uh i guess we just never really knew about right so um that in itself is kind of kind of cool because now we get to look at tatooine as a whole different you know there's a whole lot more depth now yeah, the fact that they introduce a new mm. kind of monster, it's like it adds a lot to the deserts, right? That and the crate dragon that we saw Mandalorian. I don't know because it's it's kind of changed. Like I said, it's, it's the feel. They're changing the feel of Tatooine that yeah. we had from the movies. And I don't know if I like that or not. Right. Yeah. And that, that's that's the downside of it. Yeah. <laughs> um a nice interesting cameo we got in uh again i i wish they kind of gave us the name of that city i'd like to think it's anchorhead but whatever it is in the twi'leks uh the place of business that boba fett goes to to introduce himself to uh we saw max rebo playing his yeah. uh piano thing you know max well, rebo is it max rebo or is it just the same race as max rebo no, it's got to be Max Rebo. He's got he's playing his little piano thing. Unless there's an elephant, a blue inflatable elephant thing, like doing the exact same job. No, it's got to be Max. Yeah, Rebo. no, it's possible. He might have a brother or distant <laughs> relation. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I mean, I I, I think I, I, it's Dave and John, right? Like, there's no yeah. way it's not Max Rebo. But where's Size Noodles? Oh, uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. Did they Actually, all br- yeah. did it break up? Did their band break up? I don't know. Maybe maybe she's somewhere else, right? Maybe maybe in uh, Jakku. Maybe in uh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Moss Eisley or something. I don't know. Yeah, Mouse Kanata's uh, castle. Yeah, and we saw the um, what are those things? The um, Bith. The, the Biths. Yeah, the Biths. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bith guitar. The Bith band that you know the, yeah. the famous the famous Cantina band. Yeah. Do you find that kind of funny that you know there's a, a New Hope? There's the the Bith band. And then Return of the Jedi, there's uh, Max Rebo and his band. And then in this, we just get one of each. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's like throwing in the kitchen sink kind of thing, you know? Everything's yeah, got to be like, in there. We got this band and that band. Maybe they both broke up and then these two got together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, there's a lot of speculation going on as to whether or not the War of the Bounty Hunters uh, comic series, which reintroduced Kira from Solo as a bit of an antagonistic character who's now taken the reins of Crimson Dawn and resurrected the Crimson Dawn Empire to its former glory as far as a crime syndicate goes. Uh, firstly, could kind of be a competition or a competing crime syndicate to whatever Boba's trying to do with being a crime lord. Uh, but secondly, uh, we've never actually finished the story as far as Kira's, you know, uh, well-being, I guess, uh, whether or not she's still alive, because uh, at the present moment, there is a, a comic book ongoing miniseries called Crimson Rain, which is the uh, basically part two to War of the Bounty Hunters. And then uh, part three is going to come next next year in spring. And I forget what that's called, but uh, that'll kind of tie off the what happened with Crimson Dawn and Kira and all that stuff. So if she does make it through those comic series, uh, Book of Boba will be over by then, probably, but it's supposed to kind of overlap when the show's coming out. So it'll be interesting if she shows up in this show as a cameo or whatever. Like, you know, like, hey, guess what? Kira's alive. She, you know, Crimson Dawn's a thing still, all that stuff. It could mean very big storylines for the future and whether or not Book of Boba will hit a season two, whether or not Mandalorian season three will have something to do with it. Um, could be cool. Whether, but yeah. That does seem like really good timing if it's ending right around the same time. Yeah. And a lot of people will have last seen her in the Han Solo movie. So it'll be mm-hmm. – they almost will need to do something because she just she just betrays Han and takes off, right? So – Yeah, not everyone's going to read the comics, right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it would make sense if, they, if, they were, if they're looking for a crime lord – to be a competing crime lord that people recognize, you know, they could totally do that. And, it, you know, people it, even who, who haven't read the comics or the War of the Bounty Hunter series or whatever, it would make sense because she goes off, you know, leaves Solo behind in, in the dust for taking over Crimson Dawn, you know, goes to meet Darth Maul on Dathomir. That's the last we saw her, right? It wouldn't be completely out of the question to bring her back in yeah. that same position. So... Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Just some, some future speculation for everyone. Uh, I don't know if, don't know if she'd be on Tatooine, things. though. That's the only thing. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I mean, maybe here, – here's the thing. Maybe she found out, oh, Jabba's gone. Biv Fortuna's dead. A pushover. Uh, yeah. Like maybe let, let's, let's take this opportunity to secure hot space for ourselves, right? Because as we know from when we did the Boba Fett What Happened episode, we we kind of got into the nitty gritty about how the hot council is killed off and Jabba is like the sole survivor and uh, only ruler to take the mantle of the hut council right so once Jabba dies at the hands of Leia there's no one to rule hot space and, and and Bib Fortuna is just like well I guess I'll sit on the chair but you know Boba comes in and Bib Fortuna is a bit of a weakling and and a bit of a pushover so you know Boba shoots him and takes the throne and you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a Game of Thrones thing going on here with uh you know there's a lot of a lot of space to rule over and there's no galactic empire to kind of supervise the whole thing and the Repu- the new republic doesn't really care about the outer rim so you know it's like no man's land and people kind of do their own thing and you know meanwhile you got Cobb Vanth running around calling himself a sheriff and wearing Bolton's <laughs> armor and everything right like it's a lot like of wannabes a, yeah yeah it, it's crazy times yeah. Cobb Vanth it, it's crazy times they live in so yeah it's like the turn of the turn of a of a new governing system and and people can do whatever they want and and uh so yeah it's 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 like a it's a it's a it's a time to be alive for someone in the criminal underworld is what i'm saying <laughs> no i totally agree because yeah. like the rebellion will not have consolidated power yet and right. with the empire gone there's just a giant power vacuum so and job too right so it's like everything's up for grabs right now 
just going to go to the highest bidder with the biggest gun. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, what are your thoughts on on where the second episode's going to go? Do you think you know it's going to head in any particular direction? Or it's got to be this mayor guy, right, or lady? Yeah. They got to be figuring out who this is. We haven't even met this mayor person yet, right. and now there's been an assassination attempt, and I think Boba, uh, being the new guy in town, is going to have to. Uh, show what he's all about and defend himself or else uh, he's going to look like a pushover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they, they did kidnap one of those assassins live, you know, uh, Fennec Shan did. So we're going to probably start off the next episode with a bit of a interrogation scene. Yeah. By and the way, when she caught those two guys up on the roof and there's that moment where she just like kicks one guy off because they clearly don't need two. That was great. Yeah. I like that a lot. That was well done. <laughs> yeah, that was really well played. It's like, oh, how is she going to manage two of these guys? Boom, gone. I'm like, oh, Just well, kicks one go. off, yeah. <laughs> Actually, between, between that moment and when Boba just disintegrates another dude with a rocket, uh, that was like yeah. the only two moments I think that I actually chuckled during the length of the episode. The rest of it was very serious. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. It just launches that missile. You think it's just going to be like pieces of them and rocks and stuff. Instead, they're just he's just gone. Yeah, just gone. <laughs> <laughs> just van- completely disintegrates. Vanish in a cloud of smoke. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we also, uh, it's a bit of a bit of a side thing, but. Uh, in the the street sequences, when you see the exterior of of the the, the cantina they walk into, uh, there was some 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 woman or, or somebody in a robe walking down the street, uh, and in the corner of the frame, and they had set up this. These must be practical, if if not, maybe they were CG, but they must have been practical because they had those dog robot things. You know the the ones that yeah. they're using in the military now. So they must have. Well, they're not to... military only. Those things have been on YouTube for a long time. Well, right, yeah, the you know weird what? gyroscopic four-legged things. And... Yeah, they're those dogs that are always doing. They show videos of doing backflips, and you can like kick, can't kick them over. Those yeah, ones. yeah, that's right. I was kind of like taken out of Star Wars a little bit by those. You know, I was like, agreed, because we knew what they were. Yeah, I, I, like I know what that is, and like it's not the same as seeing a. a, a uh, a cheese grater as a droid head, right? Like, like that's, yeah. that's a little bit different. But you know, when you see like an actual robot that's a robot in itself in like Transformers or something, or a military movie where they're using one of those things to run, you know, bombs into the terrorist room or whatever, right? Like, you know, it kind of just like it makes me I'm like, uh, like I don't know, I don't know. I wasn't too sure about that. Yeah, I didn't like it either. I mean, five. 10 years from now, people probably aren't going to recognize what that is. Unless right. the militaries use right. them to take over. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like, and, and no disrespect to like the robotics behind their, their incredible feats of engineering. But um, I just didn't think it's a Star Wars design. Yeah, like, it doesn't look why, like Star Wars. No, like why put it in, right? If it doesn't look like Star Wars. So. I mean, it was kind of goofy. Like one like tripped and like fell over. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was supposed to be prequely. That's that's kind of a prequely moment, right? Like yeah, when, yeah. Like I'd rather see like pit droids walking down the street than those things. So. No, I agree with that. We did also get the droid from uh, from Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I totally forgot to uh, to mention that. Um, so the droid from Disneyland that you're talking about. Um, is uh, oh dang, what's his name again? I'm I'm blanking on his name. They actually put him in Star Wars Rebels, and uh, he used to be the pilot of the Star Tours ride. Yeah. So the, the right. original original Star Tours ride. Now since they revamped the Star Tours ride, they now have R two D two and C three PO as the hosts of of the the flight. But uh, when Star Tours was in itself just uh, the same experience every time you went into it, now it's different every time you go. Um, they had a, a robot that looked exactly like that. It's the same robot with the visor, and he was he was the uh, a Pazak droid. He was he was dealing Pazak cards to the players around the table. Uh, so that droid used to be the pilot of the Star Tours ride that used to go on at Disneyland. And so anyone who hit Disneyland in like the early two thousands, prior to the revamped ride, which was I think in 2011 or 2012 or something like that, 
then yeah, it, you'll you'll know exactly what that droid is. But hmm, that's pretty cool. I do I recognize it, but like I couldn't quite put my finger on where it was from. Rex, that's his name. R three R three X is uh, Rex. Yeah, and Rex the clone was actually uh, partially named after this that's, droid. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, so Rex. Uh, R3X, also known as Rex, formerly known as RX24, was an RX series pilot droid who flew the Star Commuter 2000 from Lothal to Garrow five years before the Battle of Yavin. And the Star Commuter 2000 is the in-universe canon version of the ship that is the Star Tours ride. <laughs> and it's basically a giant space bus. Like, Yeah, it's like a box. Yeah. Yeah, and it showed up in uh, Star Wars Rebels episode two, I think it is. It's dro- it's called Droids in Distress. It's a season one episode, and it's when Zeb and Chopper and Ezra and like the whole crew of the Ghost, like they get on this thing, and uh, it's the first episode that Chopper meets R two D two and C three PO, and they introduce those characters right off the bat, and Rex is the pilot that's telling everyone to to shush and this and that. He's being all you know. Uh, I think they even got the same guy that did the voice for Rex on the Star Tours ride to do it that's in cool. Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice yeah. homage. I like that. Very neat. Yeah, it's really cool. So uh, I love that they they stuck him in because I don't think we've ever seen him in live action before. Probably not. No, no. This is the first time I would say. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was such a nice little little cameo that they threw in there. Sneak him in the background there. It was yeah. also cool that uh, Boba had to like prove himself to the Tusken Raiders when he was captured. I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah. He, yeah. He's almost like, at certain points, it almost seems like he's just like accepting himself being a slave, like, like not fighting back, even though he knows he can. Mm-hmm. Almost like saving his energy and, and yeah, I don't know. It looked as if he was trying to calculate his options. Like, do I yeah. earn their respect or do i fight my way out of here or whatever yeah it was kind of interesting so and then he escapes that one time or tries to he tries to help that roadie and the roadie just betrays him yeah. <laughs> and then he's forced to like duel that one guy they didn't attack him all at once they did like one-on-one duels with him yeah and he boba lost in melee combat and as we saw in Mandalorian, he learns how to fight with a gaffy stick extremely well. So I, I think there's going to be more flashbacks mm-hmm. of him training with the Tuskets and like learning their style of combat. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, going forward in future episodes, I, yeah, that's that's very likely going to happen. Is is uh, more story with the Tuskins, more uh, more facts there with with how he learns to fight with the gaffy stick and how it's a preferred method still of his so uh yeah that should be very that should be very interesting because he ends up walking around in a robe with a with a gaffy stick and a cycler mm-hmm. rifle which is also a uh tuscan a weapon tuscan weapon yeah and uh you know he does that for quite a while right because yeah and the the lead tuscan had like black robes and stuff remember that yeah yeah i think it was yeah. mostly like a headdress black robe thing but Right. Yeah, you mentioned it. It is kind of similar to what we first see Boba wearing in Mandalorian. It also would make sense because I know we've thrown around questions as to where's Boba been for five years because all these flashback sequences take place immediately after Return of the Jedi, which was five years before the events of the present moment in the show. Right. And five years also before the Mandalorian, right? And so, when we see him in Mandalorian, he's still on Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. So so in that five-year time that he hasn't gone in to shoot Bib Fortuna and take back the throne, what the heck has he been doing, right? And and so I think this is what's going to answer the question. Like, where has he been for five years? Well, probably training with the Tusken Raiders, finding a new way to reinvent himself as a man, you know, since literally coming back from the dead and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's um, uh, that's... That's where I'm at with the speculation on the flashbacks, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I agree. Solid yeah. start. I think we uh, definitely have a uh, a good base to launch the series from the going forward, and they've left enough questions that I'm actually quite curious where they're going to do with it. Yep, yep, for sure. Yeah. Any uh, last minute things to bring up before uh, wrapping it up? Uh, just I wish Disney would release the series all at once. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the 31st when uh, Cobra Kai season four comes out on Netflix in one big dump. So I'm gonna binge that that New Year's weekend. Gotta give it a yeah. give it a watch through. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of Disney, just making you wait week to wait, week to get it. Week to week, yeah. That's how they do it. Yeah. So if you have your one month free trial, you won't make it through the whole series. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming back on the show, and uh, I guess we'll catch you in the next the next episode, our ultimate Star Wars trivia. Oh yeah, that'll be good. See you then. All right, we'll catch Keep you. Keep flying. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for tuning into the show, and as always, to help us out, send this show to a friend. Our Twitter feed and Instagram at SW Escape Podcast. And uh, you can reach us at our email, swscapepodcast at gmail.com. All are in the description of the podcast episode, uh, podcast description. And uh, don't forget to hit that link to join the Discord. You know, we love to see people popping in there. And uh, there's a great couple channels to stay on top of Star Wars news. You can stay on top of all the, the RSS feeds. And, you know, it could be a complicated thing to stay on top of Star Wars news when there's so much going on. So uh, it's all in one place for you right there. Uh, we got so much stuff coming down the road for the podcast. I mean, like uh, like we were just saying, we got the trivia, ultimate Star Wars trivia right around the corner to celebrate the new year. And uh, we're going to have a bunch of returning voices on the show to compete in the annual competition or like what's now become an annual competition. And, uh, you know, you can uh, follow along at home on your headphones, see if you can get the right answer. It's multiple choice. So, you know, you all got a chance and... Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that, as well as, of course, the upcoming episodes of The Book of Boba Fett that uh, is going to come out until, uh, I guess, until February. We're going to have these after shows going on. And uh, in going forward, we're going to be dropping them a couple days after the episode premieres on Disney+, Plus, just to give everyone a couple days to digest what actually happened. And uh, we're going to be dropping those maybe on a Friday. So, I guess, until the next episode, may the force be with you guys, and we'll see you next time on Star Wars Escape Pod.